Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course, my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years Years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. Hey everyone, it's Kelsey and Jeff, and we are here to tell you a bit about our partner Anchor. We know that you're a fan of this podcast and maybe you thought, hey, I want to make a podcast too. Well, we have great news for you guys. We want to tell you all about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast for a few reasons, but to start out, it's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Plus, you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Do it, you guys, and enjoy the show. I'm on a journey to get better, and I want to do it with you. And I'm not just focusing on physical health. I'm focusing on everything, emotional wellness, spirituality, finances, relationships, and so much more. Every week, it will be my personal goal to bring us, the world's leading healers, experts, and game changers, to share groundbreaking secrets and tips to getting better in all areas of life. Getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when we can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Manu. Hello, hello, everybody. Happy Thursday. It is April 16th, 2020. (laughs) That's the year, right? Oh, it's the year, guys. It's the year. (laughs) Can't help myself. I can't help myself every time I say the date. You know, normally before all of this, I'd be like, today's going to be a great day. And it's almost Christmas. And <laughs> it is almost Christmas. And today is going to be a great day, Maria. This is true. This is true. But it gets a little more challenging to, to be like, yeah, this year's going to be amazing. When all you see is this year is going to be shit. And it's just getting worse and worse. Like yesterday, I was getting taken down such a rabbit hole of like, oh, my God. They're canceling all live events till 2021. And, you know, Twitter's like, you know, this industry is gone. And, you know, 22 million people now are are unemployed. And, you know, it, it just like when it felt like maybe, maybe just maybe things were feeling like they could be a little better. And I know that that's an isolated feeling probably because we're in California and, we have not had the situation that we were really preparing for. Hold up. I'm going to turn on the AC because now I'm getting hot as I'm saying all of this. Um, 
you know, it, it's it's such a mind fuck because you're like, okay, I'm gonna be positive and positive things are going to come and whatever. And then you're just like, oh. Well, focus equals feeling, Maria. You yes, know that. Yes, I do. And I got to tell you, you know, things are not as bad as you are seemingly thinking they are. Is that because your Amazon stock went up? Yes, but no, no, there's more. There's more. Really good. Tell me some good news. We want good news. Well, what were we dealing with two weeks ago? We were dealing with massive amounts of deaths being announced and all sorts of things like that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now we're dealing with less and less infections. We're dealing with less and less deaths. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, bad news sells. So what are we going to see more of no matter what? This is true. Bad news. So they can't talk about the deaths anymore because the deaths are going down. They can't talk about the massive infections anymore because infections are going down. So what are they going to talk about? Every little thing that's business related that can make everyone panic and be upset about it. This is true. So thank you, Stephen. Stephen, the ray of the shocking ray of light today. (laughs) But like, you know, wow. Why are they? I was the Debbie and (laughs) what's what's going on? Marie is the positive. I'm the Debbie with the smile. (laughs) But what, what are we, why, why is everyone reporting on venues being closed till 2021? You know, first of all, I didn't understand that when I read it yesterday, I'm like, wait, so they were talking about the the football season and how governors are going to have to kind of make those decisions on their own. And I mean, the pressure that's going to take place on governors that, you know, where football's like massive, you know, like L.A., we're just getting going here. Um, maybe it won't be so hard for L.A. to say no, but like, hello, I mean, Massachusetts, Texas, like whatever. But I think it's crazy for us to be forecasting so deep into the future in such a like finite way rather than you know let's kind of take it as it goes like i'm not i wouldn't be planning on an event right i wouldn't plan on you know in september i'm going to be able to have a live event but we're hoping that maybe things will get better we our economy is being put in the crosshairs of a political of of the 2020 election right now. And whether whatever side you're on, what's happening right now is really bad for everybody because you want to keep things vague. You don't want to put things set in stone like that. And this is what happens when the federal government and the state governments are not getting along and things are bad. You see, if one state says this kind of thing, the federal government either has to be like, no, that's not right, or they have to follow suit. And that's why we have now the statement of no events till 2021. It's like, Great. If you keep things vague, people can still kind of be up in the air with their decision making and things can still move forward in certain ways. But who made that statement? Not the federal government. No, it was the, which state was it? California. I think it was Cuomo. I'm having trouble because I've been hearing, uh, you know, rumblings of this too. But we do sort of live in that, like Stephen was mentioning, the time where... Anyone can say anything and it might get out on Twitter. Then all of a sudden CNN picks up that tweet and, and now then Trump has to respond. <laughs> and there's yeah. kind of a chain of media that makes things feel official or organized, mm-hmm. it, which is challenging. It's challenging for us to know what's fact and what's fiction sometimes. It's it's a really weird situation because what you want for, for us, the citizens, regardless of political affiliation, what you want is you want in a time like this, the state government and the federal government to be working together to ensure the least amount of panic, chaos, and the and the least blow to the economy. Yeah. But unfortunately, yeah. in an election year, lots of things are at play. 
And lots of things are at play in terms of political strategy or even at play in terms of personal motivation, whether it's Republicans or Democrats. Everyone's after that money, especially so when you're in hard times, the greed comes out even more. So right now it's it's very it's very scary to have them make decisions for 2021 in. Yes. April April. of 2020. Because I was telling Jeff, have you ever lost a poker hand, Maria, where you had like a thousand bucks on the line? I know it's like a thousand. I've only played poker once and I kept winning. Well, if anyone's ever been in a situation (laughs) where your heart heart drops to your stomach and it's Mm -hmm. just like that feeling of like. Yeah, I've had that many times for like serious, crazy issues. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to keep it light. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, Me losing poker didn't feel like that. (laughs) when, When decisions like this are made, thousands of people in this country lose their livelihoods yeah probably tens of thousands and everyone gets that feeling and it instills this sense of panic and it's a really bad situation for decisions like these to be made it has to i mean in my opinion like i mean listen whatever i don't know anything so i'm not even going to give my opinion i just i know it's really hard to be on the receiving end of those news bits because like i was facetiming with my best friend yesterday she works for united airlines and when you're on the go 24 7 like me guys finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity (laughs) and that's exactly what my friends at macy's do for me from working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials it's been my go-to for so many years and having everything in one place is such a time saver for me with being a first-time mom For a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus, having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully, our jobs and everything in between. But it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love it. They're paying people to stay home because it's they don't want them there. They don't want them getting infected, even though there's nobody there. And they've cleaned like crazy. Um, apparently she is starting to lose her mind because she's totally alone. She can't be with her parents. She can't be with her brother who has asthma and his kids. Cause she's still working at the airport. Right. And, um, and she's like losing her mind. And when you start to hear how kind of infinite this is, like how this is just going to keep on going, that there's no light at the end of the tunnel, it really is going to create a hopelessness for people. Um, and I, I just, I don't want to believe that. And, and my spiritual training has taught me, um, to be better than that and to not allow external forces to, um, dictate my inner state. And so I'm really trying hard and I'm leaning on every tool I have on YouTube with, you know, I listened to Tony Robbins interview, the, um, author of, um, the untethered soul today. I think his name was Michael. Um, I can't remember his last name. And I, look it up. I feel like I have the book and I feel like I haven't gone to it, but I'm going to. Michael I'm, Allen Singer is his name. Michael Singer. Yeah. I'm really, really trying hard to create my own state every day because it's not going to help anybody if we all get hopeless and we all get 
down and, and depressed. And that's the whole point of being here every day is, is really trying to create a good positive atmosphere where we can kind of let some of this stuff out before it creates that juice inside of us as we talked yesterday. You don't want to be squeezed. If you, if you don't pure... know what we're talking about, check out our Patreon episode. Oh, for yeah, it was our Patreon. <laughs> where we talk about you are squeezed, the, the juice that comes out of you is squeezed out based on what's already inside you. Yeah, what is your juice, basically? Anyway, it was a really, I really loved yesterday's episode. It was so exciting for me because we pulled um, clips from YouTube that have inspired me and uplifted me and taught me and moved me that I keep saving, which by the way, today I learned there's a little save button on YouTube. <laughs> so I don't need to be copying the links into a folder. Oh, whatevs. But, um, but I really, I really enjoyed giving some of those moments from those clips, you know, a two minute or so bite to you guys and then breaking it down. Um, and we're going to do that every week. And it really, it gave me so much life. So I hope you guys will join us at Patreon on any level. And I know it's really tough these days, but, um, we do have, um, more, uh, latitude over there because we're not, um, under the same restrictions of YouTube and, um, and yeah, we're really trying to create an ad free space. So everyone's been migrating over the last few months over. And so if you haven't just yet, please join us. Um, and speaking of Tony Robbins, uh, he's going to be on the show next Thursday at a special time, 1 p.m. Pacific, because of me. <laughs> and uh, I, I have an appointment earlier that I can't miss. So anyhow, um, we're going to do the show at 1 p.m. Pacific with him, and he will be able to shed more light. And one of the things I really want to talk to Tony about, because it was interesting, I feel like with Tony, everything that I learned was so kind of like, will fight, hustle, rah right? Get your like mojo back kind of thing. And then after surgery, I was like, you know, more into like Esther Hicks and Wayne Dyer and allowing and surrendering and all of that. And then in this video today, it was a, a, an interview he did about five months ago with Michael Singer from The Untethered Soul. And they were talking about surrendering and allowing. So to have Tony, and I didn't get to hear the whole thing, but um, but to hear Tony talking about that, I'm really interested in seeing how his spirituality affects or changes him and the way he is moving forward. And, um, yeah, actually right now. Yeah. Know. Remember that when you talk to him. <laughs> yeah. I will. I'm you know, writing it down right now. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, guys and Tony told me this too, you can let the world feed your mind or you can feed your mind. So I'm trying a lot to feed my own mind while keeping like one eye open on what's going on out there. Um, you know, just don't focus on it. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't focus on it because if you're not in a position of healthcare and if you're not in a position where you're out there every day actively fixing it, there's not really too much you can do in the current state unless you're, you know, you're already doing what you can, Marie. You're helping Bethany Frankels who are getting the masks out to people. You're, promoting positivity to get people's mindset off things. We're producing a show to make sure that people don't fall into this state of hopelessness. And unfortunately right now, you know, everything on TV and everything on the media is pushing us towards hopelessness Yeah. for whatever agenda it is. Well, and that's why I got away from the news Yeah. the last couple of years, because I realized that the manipulation and the, the truth behind it all is, 
you know, and, and by the way, it's our fault too, because we are consuming this, but, um, but good news doesn't sell. Well, I think John Krasinski's changing that. I have not followed what You've he's not doing. Watched this? Jeff, I have followed you watched the it? good news movement on Instagram and that has been my everything. And I know Jeff's working on getting the founder on the show. Um, Michelle, I believe her name is, mm-hmm. but, um, but John Krasinski, what is he exactly doing? Okay. So let's... have we gone after him, Jeff? I DM'd, but, uh, if we have some of our fans tweet, maybe that can uh, help, uh, yeah, we'll let's we're find his publicist. So he created something called Some Good News. Yeah. And it's this news show that he's doing out of his out of his uh, house. I would assume he has a house. Um, and they're just doing some really amazing things. They're setting up a live prom for people to go to remotely right now. No way. Uh, a little girl was going to see Hamilton and her tickets were canceled. So he got the entire original cast of Hamilton to do a concert via Zoom and sing a special version of the song for her. Stop it. Um it's just this really amazing feel good uh, thing that he's put together and they're putting out episodes every week or so, I think. That's and great. it's just amazing. So like, if you want to talk about like people who are actually saying, Hey, don't focus on the doom and gloom, focus on the fact that we all have computers. We all have these resources to connect regardless of in, in person mm-hmm. and let's connect in the best of ways and not let, what other people want us to be thinking about and focusing on be the focus. Damn, Steven's really, really become the show now. I love it. <laughs> well, when you're all doom and gloom, Maria, somebody's got to pick it up. I die. I'm, <laughs> I'm so, so happy. I'm so proud of you. Um, yeah, let's reach out to his publicist. I would love to talk about that. I yeah. think that's so Perfect. cool. Um, on another note, so yes, I still believe we will get through this. And it is holy week and i'm i just found my um my online church services it was so crazy this morning i woke up and i started um trying to find online services because i'm like somebody's got to be doing an online church service since we can't go i wish kanye was i want to go to kanye's church service online i know well i i then found my old church i used to go to in summerville mass and i got to go in my church that I grew up in, it was really cool. And so um, it was awkward, though, because I I was getting ready (laughs) and I was listening and I was feeling really guilty. I mean, I like brush my teeth. I'm like doing things that are inappropriate in a sense, I feel like, because I'm supposed to be in church. (laughs) And I'm like, am I supposed to stand and like just be? But I don't have time, but I still want to be a part of this. It was so Laura and I have that too. We've been attending our virtual church services as well. And um, there is kind of that element of like, am I okay to like sit my coffee in PJ bottoms while like praying to the Lord? Like, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you can. I mean, Candace Cameron Bure on the show the other day said that they're making coffee, I guess, during service. So like- They're very, you know. I mean, did anything ever say that you have to get dressed up and you have to go to the pew and you not have necessarily, to? No, actually. I don't. Yeah. That's not what my thing is. It's just like when you have to pee and shower and like do all kinds of things. You're like, do I hit pause? Like, is this like awkward? You can't hit pause on God, Maria. I mean, I did. I paused and then I went into the shower. But... Our God is an awesome. <laughs> you are so <laughs> demented you are demented um one of the other things that um that i realized is um this is so random but every so often i have like breathing issues right like i don't know the allergies were kicked up you know with the rains recently and i just i haven't been able to recover yet 
And so, um, and Max was filthy and I had like nuzzled into his face. And that day, literally within 10 minutes, I was a mess. So mm-hmm. I've been sucking on my inhaler at night, right? At, like nonstop last night. It was horrible. And, um, and I was like, oh God. So I woke up and I was like, how much is too much? <laughs> right? Like what could happen if I like take too much of this stuff? So I looked it up. And what an eye-opener. So when you take albuterol, right, which is, you know, an inhaler, there are different versions, Ventolin, whatever, albuterol. It's just, it's an anti-inflammatory, right? Or is it? It's a, it's, it, I think it has some steroid in it. Okay. It must have some steroidal effect to be able to open your air sacs, right? But um, don't quote me on that. I'm not sure. Um, but... Uh, but it said, you know, I was within range, of course. I had an overpuffed, thank God. But then I looked at the inhaler and I realized I was at like negative zero. It was dead. And that's why I kept taking it and taking it and it wasn't working. But I have had those moments where it wasn't at negative zero and it wasn't working. So whatever. But when I looked at the side effects, some of the things that I'm suffering from right now, um, hot in bed, Back pain, sleeplessness are all side effects of this. Hives, rashes. So like I think back to years ago when I was having a lot of breathing issues before Dancing with the Stars. Because after Dancing with the Stars, I didn't have any breathing issues. My lungs just, you know, got in a great shape, I guess. But um, before Dancing with the Stars, I was like an inhaler addict and... um, And I was having a lot of problems with hives and rashes and stuff, and nobody knew why. And it made me think, and I wanted to share with everybody, that you may not even realize that some of your problems are coming from your medication because it's so normal to be on an allergy pill or an inhaler. Those are kind of innocuous in a sense, right? But if you really look at the side effects, they could be the culprit. So... I know that I discovered that with my mom and her tumor. At one point, they thought her tumor was growing, and I got, um, I looked at the side effects of chemo for the first time and hadn't seen them before. And when you look at the side effects of chemo and the symptoms of regrowth of tumor, they're almost identical. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. Wow. And so I was like, huh, maybe she's just got too much chemo in her body and we need to, you know, detox her. Maybe it's not regrowth of tumor and it ended up working out and it wasn't. But we really, I think, don't take into account the side effects of medication enough unless it's something violent, right? Like you're throwing up or 
you, you know, have asphyxiation or whatever, like, so really pay attention, like whatever medications you're on, I would encourage everybody today, go through your medications and look at the side effects for all of them and see if any of them are consistent with things that have been plaguing you and bothering you. Because it made me feel a lot better today. I mean, I know I need a new mattress because um, I'm having to sleep like in the middle slash like closer to Kevin. Um, you know, we have a king size bed. So and we love our nightstands and we have all our junk on our nightstand. So we sleep so far away. <laughs> so I've had to like migrate to the middle of the bed where no one has slept so that I can get my back to feel good. Um, but it's, it was interesting to me to realize, oh, some of the shit's because of the, the inhaler. Yeah. I would, I would recommend, cause my, my cousin actually went through this as well, uh, where she was experiencing side effects of medication that were giving her symptoms of what she was originally diagnosed for, but it was a misdiagnosis. So the medication was a self-fulfilling prophecy. It contributed and created it. Yeah. And it's... They say that about Ventolin, actually, too. It can actually create the asthmatic issue. But I... For for her, I really stressed for her to be very careful because, you know, when you're dealing with a very serious diagnosis, you don't know and you have to be very careful. But because of modern medicine, there's lots of different medications for the same Mm -hmm. thing. So like antibiotics, you can have a very adverse reaction to penicillin. uh, Yeah, penicillin or azithromycin, but you might be able to do the same thing with something else. So I wouldn't say drop your medications entirely. Always consult a a physician before you massively change your medications. But document your symptoms before you start taking medications and always document your system symptoms afterwards Yeah, because you can't three years down the line, just randomly decide something without consulting your doctor. Cause you might have something new, but I yeah, really like organization when you're dealing with medical issues is very important totally. and, and having a documented track record of how you're feeling is very, very important. Yeah. One of our past guests, Vicki Vlacona, she's an osteopath. She talks about in her book, um, The Body Doesn't Lie, I think it's called, says um, to keep a um, like a health journal. So you're keeping track of your stuff. Like I have, you know, the same kind of thing that I do. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I wanted to share that with you guys today because I was like, damn, would have never, ever, ever thought those rashes I was suffering from could have had anything to do with that. I think also they had to do with my brain tumor, to be honest, because they... The onset of them was time to when I think the tumor came. So, but I think things can be exacerbated by stuff like that too. Well, especially if it's a steroid. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know. I'll have to look into that. But anywho, um, we have a great show for you today or a great conversation, I should say, coming up with uh, my dear friend, Evie Pomporis. She is a former Secret Service agent. Uh, co-host on Bravo TV's series Spy Games. She is the author of this incredible book that is upcoming called Becoming Bulletproof. Protect yourself, read people, influence situations, live fearlessly. Um, it's an incredible book. I um, I really, really enjoyed it and have learned so much. And I feel like I'm going to have to keep going through it with more highlighters and flipping of pages. Um, she covers, uh, national security, law enforcement, and crime on the national media platforms like the Today Show, NBC, MSNBC, GMA, and so much more. Today she's with us and we're going to talk about how we can become bulletproof. Of course, one of the things also that I want to talk to her about is how 
um, how to be safe and secure during this time. I know we had an incident in our neighborhood um, just, God, two days ago um, where we had uh, a situation with someone trying to infiltrate our neighbor's yards and homes. And so I want to chat with her about how to be safe during this time. And of course, all of the amazing takeaways from the book that, um, that I learned that I think you need to be learning too, like how to bulletproof your life, how to create your own bulletproof go bag and so much more. So Evie, thank you so much for joining. Hi, Maria. You're in New York, right? Yes, I am. Yeah. How are you? Doing well, doing well, hanging in there with the rest of New York. Yeah. How are you guys doing in LA? We're doing well. Everybody's healthy, thank God. I'm having to be the, you know, crazy person yelling at everybody who are getting a little lax with rules, like my husband, um, not wanting to keep six feet away from people and wear masks. And so, um, you know, little things like that. But, you know, we're we're faring well, thank God. Good, good. I know you have to like just try to catch yourself and not get lax. It's easy to go back to forgetting to put your mask on, forgetting to sanitize, gloves. It gets really easy and that's kind of like where we can get tripped up a bit. Yeah, like today he went to the grocery store and he he came into the house. He took his shoes off, but he came into the house with his clothes on. And I'm like, oh, no, don't do not do that. Like, we had a process. You strip, then you come in. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I'm that's just... actually pretty smart. A lot of first responders, I know that's what they do. As soon as they come home, they literally strip down to everything, go take a shower, go get cleaned up, and then, like, change clothes. So that's actually a really smart process. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what I had put into place. And, you know, you don't want to be the nag. Cause then they hate you and then they don't listen to you. So I'm really being careful about how I do it. But, um, that aside, um, I am excited to have you on because I've known about this book for such a long time. And if you were here, you would see how many pages are earmarked and, um, notes and such. And I feel like before we get to it specifically, I want to talk to you about how we can be safe during this time, because I know you were telling Jeff that you actually believe there will be less crime where, you know, I thought it would be ramped up. Um, you know, there's going to, I thought there would be a lot of unrest and, you know, a lot of issues obviously with so, so many people being unemployed and, and homelessness and all of the things that are going on and, um, elevated, um, angst, but, um, but you say that's not necessarily the case. So as of right now, based on these last several weeks, violent crime is down. Crime overall is down because people are, are not out. And most crime, Maria, happens in public places, outdoors. Nobody's going out at night. Establishments are closed. So that's the primary reason crime is down. Schools are closed. Any place where you can gather, all that stuff shut down. That's why you see the decrease in crime. But where we do see an, in, an increase is domestic violence. And we see an increase when it comes to home burglaries um, and fraud. Lots of fraud happening, lots of scams happening. That's where we see an increase. But this may shift because actually just before you and I just got on, uh, the mayor, excuse me, the governor here in New York extended the lockdown to May 15th here. And so that may change now. People may get 
you know, there may be a sense of unrest. People may now be like, hey, this is too much. We may see a shift in people's behavior. But as of right now, overall, we haven't seen that. We've seen, you know, pretty much calm, collective, less crime overall. But that may change. People may riot. People may get upset. You know, it's really hurting people in such a, a financial way right mm-hmm. now. So it may, you know, it could there be, you know, you know, you know, break-in, stealing, you know, someone really behavior, you know, can people get desperate? And that's what, let's see what happens. That's something to look at. Yeah, that's the concern I feel like for a lot of people, because I know before the quarantine stay-at-home order was officially in place, um, I was hearing that all the places that sold guns had two-hour lines. And I was like, oh boy, oh boy, people are anticipating crime and wanting to protect themselves. And so, you know, we had um, someone just the other day breaking into neighbors' homes and we were all kind of like, wait, why would someone break in when you know everybody's home? (laughs) This is the worst time to break in, but you're seeing a rise in home burglaries as well. Yeah, according to like the my counterparts at the NYPD and the people I've been talking to, they have seen a rise and somewhat of a rise in home burglaries, which kind of goes against the, the the knowledge like somebody's home. Why would you go in there, right? Why would you try to break in and steal? And so you can't really deflect everything, you know. Yeah. But I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria. My mom would say in her Greek accent, Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, dot com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Are those like, are those home burglaries? Are they armed burglaries? Do you know, or are they going in for food? I mean, that would be. I think people like if you leave your doors open, your windows open, and anything like that. That's where a, a, you give people an opportunity. So if your doors are unlocked, your side doors, your windows, and I think a lot of people are tired of being cooped up. You give people an opportunity to kind of jump into the, you know, open the door, mm-hmm. come in, go through your window, go into a bedroom. That's what happened that's at my neighbor's. Out. Yeah, that's how most most home burglaries happen like that. It's just opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's like the it's like the person who walks down the street and just lifts door handles, hoping to find one that's open. And in, in, in New York, I don't know the statistics out in LA, but in New York, one out of five cars that gets stolen, it's because somebody left it unlocked. Wow. Yeah, it's oper- most crime is opportunistic. Yeah. The majority. It's like is the oppor- if the opportunity presents itself, you see a door open, a window open, you think, why not? And that's, that's kind of like how that happens with opportunity crime, opportunity theory, it's actually called. So how do we protect ourselves from that now? I mean, I guess that kind of is going to go into what you talk about in the book about bulletproofing your life and bulletproofing your home. 
So we might as well get into how to bulletproof your home and protect your home. And the bulletproof isn't, you know, literal, obviously. No, the idea behind bulletproof, the, the, the title of the book is Becoming Bulletproof. It's because you're, you're becoming resilient. And I got it actually from the vest that I wore. I wore bulletproof vests in my previous career all the time. And the idea was it was to protect me, right, from getting shot or stabbed, you know, or the slash of a knife. But I understood that even though I wore it, it only covered a portion of my body, right? My arms were exposed. My legs were exposed. My, my, my head was exposed. So you're protected, but you're not fully protected. There was always a sense of vulnerability. And I was okay with that. And part of being resilient and being bulletproof is being okay with your vulnerabilities, accepting them and making peace with them. You do what you can to be proactive, to take care of yourself, make sure you take your clothes off when you come home, make sure you always mask and wearing gloves, make sure you, you keep your doors locked and your windows locked. You do all those proactive things, but you don't live in, you don't have the delusion of thinking like something cannot happen. So it's like, I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to maintain as much control as I can understanding that some things are outside of my control and it's okay. It really is okay. And I think part of being a resilient person and a confident person is knowing your vulnerabilities and being at peace with them being like, okay. That sounds hard. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. You got it. You got it. It's, but it's, it's part of it. It's like, look, even when I put my vest on, I'm like, I'm doing everything I can before I go out there. But I understood part of me going out there is I could get shot, mm -hmm. but I was okay with that. I was also, look, the, the company you keep, the people you keep around you, if you're around other resilient people mm -hmm. by proxy, they're going to influence you and you're going to be resilient. Mm -hmm. So I was always around other people that were like, yeah, I'll take a bullet. I'm good to go. And so being around that mindset, that became my belief system. And I had a shared belief system. When you're around other brave people, that spills over to you. Totally. But if you're around other people who panic, like let's say in this environment right now, if you're if you're at home with someone who's constantly panicking, constantly in fear, constantly has the news on all day long and looking at all the negativity and getting that constant barrage of information, you're going to be influenced by that. Mm -hmm. That's going to make anybody panic. That would make me have more fear if I kept the news on all day long. Turn the news on read something, get briefed, check your social media, yep. and then stop. Focus on other things to do, positive things. Be productive. But if you're constantly just focused on this, anybody, the most resilient person is going to be influenced and affected by it. And of course, you're going to panic. You're going to be constantly afraid. Yeah, that's what we were talking about earlier in the show. So how does one protect their home at this time and protect themselves within their home? Just keep, don't get lax. Don't get complacent. Lock your windows, lock your doors. If you live in a house um, and you have basement windows, that's, uh, that's actually shown to be one of the common ways that burglars get into a house is through the bottom windows. So don't forget those basement windows. Make sure they're locked. Make sure there's something obstructing people's views. So just don't feel like, okay, I'm home. Everybody's home. It's safe outside. Like, just be aware there are people out there who are going to use this as an opportunity to do something right they're going to look for that opportunity so just make sure all your stuff is locked tight very simple things when you go out just same practices lock your doors lock your car when you're in your car and you're driving i always say this first thing you do if you do have to get in your car to go somewhere lock the door then set up your phone then get everything in order always maintain your situational awareness don't let what is happening just to kind of be like oh no COVID, COVID. it's like because other people 
are looking like, hey, everyone's distracted, everyone's afraid, I'm gonna use this opportunity. The other thing too, not just the physical sense, Maria, scams are hugely on the rise right now. Like um, people getting, especially with the stimulus check, people getting emails or phone calls saying, hey, um, I've got your stimulus check. I just wanna verify some information. Ugh. Be really, really careful with that. Also charities. Charities overall, even before this happened, are the number one way people get defrauded. So a lot of them are not legit. So before you donate to something, I do good, but make sure you know exactly where your money is going. If you're gonna donate, donate to a legit charity. You know those Facebook charities you see, and I'm not saying that they're not all legit. Make sure you know exactly where that money is going. So be mm -hmm. very careful. Another thing to think about, whenever you're giving money, uh, whether like, let's say you're trying to per purchase something. So we see a lot of scams happening out with the PPEs, people putting counterfeit PPEs or telling people I'll send this to you and nobody, you don't get anything back. Everything you should pay is either by credit card or through an invoice. Do not wire money direct to anybody's account. Do not do any Western Union or Pony Express, anything like that. Everything should be credit card or invoice. Just some things to keep in mind because this stuff is, is definitely on the rise. Because again, you can commit fraud from your home. You don't mm -hmm. even have to go out. Mm. Yeah. I, I also wonder, um, you know, the situational awareness was something I wanted to ask you about too, is, you know, people are, are watching if they want to take advantage too. So you have to be careful of, um, of everything, you know, even when you're leaving your house, making sure your gate closes behind you. I see people leave all the time and they never make sure that anything's closed behind them. I'm like, somebody can pop right in. You should. And situational awareness is being present. I know, and you know, you're actually very, very good at it. I've known you, I don't know how many years and you won of the most situationally aware people. You're always aware of things, always looking around you. I don't even know. I don't think I've known anybody quite like you, Maria. <laughs> <laughs> You're definitely, definitely one of the sharpest people I know when it comes to that. But when you leave your home, make sure your door does close behind you. Make sure you lock it. Make mm -hmm. sure your gate closes. Make sure no one's <laughs> following you. Yeah. It's, it's, you have imagination when it comes to crime. Don't think that stuff happens to somebody else. Yes. Uh, don't think it just happens on TV. It happens. So there's two things. We want you to be aware. We don't want you to be constantly in fear mode. So being aware means I know that this stuff exists. I know it can happen. So I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to be proactive so that it does not happen or that I minimize that risk. Mm -hmm. It's all about minimizing. When I was uh, an agent and when I was in law enforcement, Everything we did, let's say, for example, to secure the president, 80% of what we did, we did beforehand. Mm. Everything was done weeks before. Yeah. My real security plan was done weeks before. Everything I did in advance. And then the reactive part was, was 20% of it. You want to think like that. You want to be as proactive as possible. You have power over how much you expose yourself. So it's one thing to have vulnerability, which we will all have to some degree. But it's another thing to... To, to see an increase in risk, how much risk, how much you put yourself out there, how relaxed you are or mm -hmm. oblivious you are, that's on you. So we have a level of responsibility. And especially now, and it's not to frighten anyone, but first responders are busy. Here in New York, they're constantly telling everybody, do not call 911 unless it is an emergency. So even 
as crime is happening or other people are still getting sick for other reasons aside from COVID, you want to be as prepared as possible to handle whatever because 911 or first responders, they may take a little bit longer to get to you. Mm-hmm. Another thing I advocate to people that are home to protect yourself, to be as proactive as possible, take an online CPR class. Oh, take yeah. One. So easy. Take one, learn how to give CPR. If something happens to a loved one or family member mm-hmm. while you're home and you're waiting for help to come, because it's going to take it's going to take some time, possibly. You have the ability to protect someone you love, to help them. That's power. Yep. That those were, It's in those small ways we can have control and feel confident. Exactly. I wonder, Evie, if if someone is trying to burglarize your home. As a first-time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. (laughs) Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, They keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. I'm in this moment and you're home. What is your best action? Get out. If you can get out, get out. And when I say get out, it doesn't have to be a door. Go through that window. Get out of the house. There is nothing in your home that's worth risking your life. Nothing. So that would be my number one thing. Evacuate, call 911. How do you, you have your phone? Okay. Your so house. for example, it's me and I have my parents and I have to now try to evacuate them and my babies. Sorry. So in that situation, Maria, you want to lock down or harden up. We would call that hardening, hardening up. You want to go into a room that has a lock on the door. Mm-hmm. So everybody should have this in their home, have a room in the house that is designated that actually has a lock on the door. Deadbolts. Having a couple of rooms in the house that actually have locks where you can lock it from the inside. That's a really great thing. You want to go into that room and lock that door, even closets. Closets are great. Think of it as a, a a softer version of a, of a panic room. We would just call them hard rooms. Mm -hmm. Bathrooms are really good for that too. Bathrooms are great for that. Again, go in there, lock the door, call 911, wait for help. Got it. Okay. And if you got mace, pepper spray is a great thing. Oh, uh, I mean, if, if you came into this house, every inch of it is prepared <laughs> with yeah. everything. <laughs> you can also have some type of uh, pepper spray, like it, throughout your house, maybe one in the foyer of your oh, house, yeah. right? One in your uh-huh. bedroom, having those things. And pepper spray, something like pepper spray is really good because you can, you can deal with someone, but from a distance. You want to try to stay away from people. You want to keep that distance. So using something like pepper spray allows you to deal with someone coming at you, Mm -hmm. but from, from a distance. Yeah. Yeah. We have multiple layers of things all over the property and all over the house. (laughs) For fun, I'll take you through a FaceTime session later. (laughs) But, um, but I think, 
you know, we had a lot of crime before, you know, this in the neighborhood. And I got the neighbors together and um, created a neighborhood watch. And we all have implemented things together as a neighborhood so that we have multiple layers of people keeping eyes out and um, a text thread. So we all know instantly when something's happening. So when that person was breaking into our neighbor's house, we all knew then this way we all know we can call 911. We can all help. We can all do whatever we can to make sure we're safe in our homes and, you know, and such. So yeah, I, I definitely think that being as um, prepared as possible, hoping the moment never comes is the best way to be. You know, too, you brought up neighbors. You have good neighbors, but not all neighbors are created equal. Wait, when I read that in the book, I died. I was like, she talking (laughs) to me right now? We had that moment once with somebody who worked for one of the neighbors. And and there was a situation where we're like, we're so glad we didn't all exchange all of our information. (laughs) You know, yeah, you look, trust is a beautiful thing to give to people, but you should not trust all people implicitly. So not all neighbors are good neighbors. Mm-hmm. You should be weary. So if you have a side door that you always go in and you've got a key hidden somewhere, don't just pick it up and not look around. Before you pick up that that, that key you have at the side door, you should your head should be on a swivel. Who's watching you? Yep. Because your neighbors could be watching you. Somebody who's over your neighbor's house mm-hmm. is watching. Your neighbor's kids. The majority of crime, and I'm, no, this is just statistics, the majority of crime, property crime committed, it starts at 16 years of age, Wow. 16 years to 25 years of age is property crime. So it's younger people. Yeah. So just be aware of who is around. Don't, when you open the door to your home, don't have that door wide open, especially if you live in an apartment complex, you're giving everybody of you, Hey, you want to see what's inside? Mm-hmm. And then another thing to keep in mind, everybody now is on social media. Everyone's posting, everyone's zooming. Be mindful of what photos you are taking when you are inside your home. Because if people, people can figure out where you live, mm-hmm. they can see your flat screen TV, your nice furniture, all your electronics, you are advertising to them what's there for the taking. Yeah, absolutely. Your address, your license plates, your car, all those things. We want to show people, look how fabulous I am. But again, you expose yourself. So mm-hmm. be mindful of those things, especially on social media. I We have a, um, a chat question that just came up. Uh, this person saying we bought and put up an NRA sign and a beware of dog sign. Are these good ways to scare off potential robbers? <laughs> the dog sign is a good sign. It is a good thing. Dogs are, are here in the United States. Dogs are a huge deterrent to uh, crime, to people committing burglaries. They hear the dog, they see the sign, and it really makes them think twice because they think, you know what, do I really want to go into this house? So even the sign by itself, it is a good deterrent. Now, if you actually have a dog, that's a great thing. So you might think like the size matter. It depends where you go. Uh, big dogs are great because obviously if somebody sees them, they're going to say, no, thank you. I'm going to go to that next house, right? They, you want to minimize risk. want to be able to get in and get out. That, that's really what it is. How do I get in? How do I get out quickly and not get caught? But even small dogs are good because if your dog barks when somebody's at the door, somebody's at your property, your neighbors can hear that. Mm-hmm. And that can also be a good deterrent. But the sign is great. Now, the NRA sign, were you about to say something different there? You know, I've not seen that yet. I've not heard anything. I don't have, I like to talk in statistics rather than give my opinion. 
your opinion matters. You've protected the president. (laughs) I would think that probably if people saw a sign like, hey, member of the NRA, you're kind of letting everybody know, hey, don't even think about it. Uh, So it can be an intimidation factor. So yes, if somebody sees that, is it going to cause them to pause? It is. And really what you want is people to pause, to think, should I, should I hit this house? Should mm-hmm. I commit this crime? It's, it's a risk factor. They actually call it, I teach this for my criminology students. It's called rational choice theory, where most people think about a crime, risk versus reward. Is there a low risk, high mm-hmm. reward? I'm going to do it. High risk, low reward? I'm not going to do it. Although, do you think, couldn't you do, it? You know what else is good, Maria? Lights. Yeah. Lights. A well-lit home is really good. Motion lights are really good for the nighttime as well. But wouldn't the NRA sign also alert to a criminal who would like a gun, that a gun exists in there and they could gain access to it? That's a, yeah, that's a huge vulnerability is that when you have a weapon, you are responsible for that weapon. So when I, you know, obviously when I was in law enforcement, I had my weapon and weapons and I always had them secure. If I, they were either on me or absolutely secured because there was a level of responsibility I had because if somebody got a hold of my weapon and they could take my weapon and go hurt someone else. And, so, and you know, since you're bringing it up, there's two things you want to think about when you have a weapon. One is somebody from the outside coming in and taking that weapon, then using that weapon that you gave them access to because you didn't secure it properly on someone else. And then two, the people inside your home, you have to think about who's inside the house. Don't assume that everybody is mentally stable at all times. We have bad days. We go through emotional things. There's young people. Uh, a lot of the mass shootings, I can't remember the exact amount, but I think it was something like a third, close to 30 to 50% of mass shootings, the person who, the weapon that they had, they got it from someone that they knew. Mm-hmm. They were, you know, and so they'll see that they got it from someone else, a friend's house, a family member's house. So if you're going to have a weapon, you are responsible for that in every which way. There's gun locks, there's safes. Protect yourself, protect your family. Don't assume your son, your daughter, your wife. Sometimes there's people who will take that weapon and if they're having a bad day or they're seriously depressed or you don't know what else is going on with them, don't make the assumption it's, it's okay. I never made the assumption. Even when I lived in the beginning of my law enforcement career, I lived at home with my family. If I had to leave my gun at home, and my parents or my brother never gave me any worries to think that, I secured that gun because I was like, I don't want that on me. No. I don't want somebody coming, having a bad day, and me being completely unbeknownst to it, and them using that weapon anyway. Yeah. You, are, you are so responsible for it. Yeah, for sure. Um, for the people who are experiencing domestic violence in their homes, I know that you mentioned that that is on the rise, and I've been hearing the same thing. And, you know, you think about child abuse right now, and um, I saw a horrendous documentary called The Trial of Gabriel Fernandez. I don't know if you've seen that yet on Netflix. Mm -hmm. It is the most brutal thing you'll ever watch. It is the most brutal ever. Um, It makes me so sad to think of what people are dealing with in their homes. How can you, if you are stuck with a violent partner and have no choice right now, how can you protect yourself? What are some ways to survive that situation? Well, look, First and foremost, if somebody does something for you, to you, you can call 911. They will still come. And if they see, most most states, they have an automatic arrest policy where there, there is 
a concern for domestic violence, let's say they see bruises on someone or the person says this person did something to me, and even if they don't say, but they can tell that something's happened, they will, they will arrest that person. They will remove that person from that house. So first and foremost, call 911. They will come and take that person. And if charges aren't dropped, they're, you know, our charges aren't made, if they're dropped, they're dropped. But at least you're getting that person out of the house. If you get that person out of the house, don't let them back in the house. Lock the doors, do whatever you need to do. Um, if you are home and let's say you don't call 911, you don't ask for help, see if you can go to a neighbor's house and stay with them. If you are in the home and you really can't go anywhere, I would try to, like you mentioned, children, stay in your room. Stay away from that person as much as possible. Minimize your contact with that person as much as possible. The news, that negativity, the environment, I'm just thinking psychologically what you can do to minimize that person's mood. It's such a tricky thing. It's such a tricky thing because you really can't control other people, but maybe minimizing the negativity in the home, not having this constant barrage of bad news or negative news playing. Mm -hmm. You have to think creatively what you can do. First thing we said, you call 911. If they get that person out of the house, lock yourself in. Don't let them come back until this whole thing's over. And then you can figure it out from there. If you can keep distance from the person while you're in the home, keep as much distance, less dialogue, minimal contact. Those things help because there's that irritability, that agitation. It's really hard, especially if you're in a small space. Mm -hmm. They're truly having a difficult, difficult <clears throat> time. But there's some sensors that are still out there. You can call phone numbers. You can ask them for what you can do, how they can help you. So really reach out to people if you can. Go to a neighbor's house. Go next door. Just say, hey, can I just stay here for a while? Most yeah. people are. It's tough during the like, crisis where, you know, people are scared to be with people right now. I, I walk in. I put on my mask, my gloves. I'd be like, take my temperature. Yeah. Uh, because I think... I think people have an inherent sense they care about one another. When stuff like this happens, for the most part, I believe, and what I've seen, is it brings us together. Mm -hmm. So if my neighbor came over and said, Evie, I, I, I'm having a problem with my husband. Can I stay here? I'd be like, come on in. I'm not going to tell her no. I'm going to be, come on in. And yeah. we'll deal with whatever we need to deal with to try to, you know, wash your hands, take their temperature, do whatever you can. But it's also being there and helping, being part of humanity. And that's what makes us yeah. human is helping one another. Agreed. Agreed. Um, on to the book more officially, I have to say when I was reading, what do they call it? The, the prologue or how about the beginning? <laughs> oh, you're right, yeah. It's the prologue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was riveted. Um, Jeff, I don't know if you got to read the book. Did you get to see this? Yeah, I had some stuff sent to me that I was reading over. It's amazing. I mean, your account of September 11th being a Secret Service agent um, and literally being there as towers are falling and getting covered in the debris and and the metal and everything. It was so horrifying to read it and so unbelievable to see your courage in that time. And then, of course, even denying the award that they wanted to give you later for, for your bravery um, because you felt like this is just what you're supposed to do. Um, of course, that's why I think you're amazing um, and so much more, but um, it was really, really powerful. And, um, and, you know, when you talk about helping, having people that are brave around you, your, your partner or your friend, Michael, I don't know, he wasn't your partner, but Michael, was right there with you for most of it, helping you in those moments, which was so cool to see. I think it's, 
it was actually hard to write the beginning because it's not something I, I typically like I don't go into that much detail but I felt like you know I wanted to show people you always have a choice in life so when like for example in that first opportunity when the tower began to fall and you know I was in that moment did I have a choice in whether the tower was going to fall or not did I have a choice in whether I was going to die or not I really didn't at that moment but I remember thinking but I do have a choice in how I die and how I face my death. Mm. And so it's finding power when you think there is no power. It's like, I don't have to be powerless in this moment. I can still, I still have a choice and I can choose how I'm going to die. And I feel like that transcends into what's happening now. We may not have a choice. None of us have a choice with what is happening, but we choose who we want to be. And when this whole thing is over, cause it's going to be over. I want you to look back and think, who was I when this happened? Mm -hmm. What did I do when this happened? Did I just take care of me and shut out the rest of the world? Buy all the toilet paper, sanitizer, do whatever, just do me. Or did I help my neighbor? Did I, I help my community? Did I check in on people? Did I call my loved ones? Who was I? And are you going to be proud of who you were when this is over? Because it's, it's moments like these. It's not big experiences that make us heroes. It's the small choices you make in life that affect other people. So you choose. Who do you want to be during this pandemic? Do you want to be the person who steps up and helps others? Because that's a hero. Or do you just want to be like me, 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 me? The person who's angry, the person who's irritable, the person who's just spreading fear and negative. You choose. I love that. So true and so what we wanted to be on the same page with today. It's It's great. Um, you know, the book also talks about, you talk about your, your work protecting presidents and, um, and, and so much. I mean, even just your accounts of, of going through training when they, they put you in that helicopter seat and throw you in the water and you have to figure out how to get yourself un you know, unclicked from the seatbelt and, I, I literally wrote in the book right next to it. I'm like, I'm done. Because, <laughs> you know, I have like this secret desire. I wish I was an FBI agent or a CIA agent or something like, because I feel like I have some natural abilities where this would have been really something I could have done well in. And and I just love it. I'm fascinated by it. Maybe I was in another life. But um, right when I read that part, <laughs> when they threw you in the water with the seat, I'm like, I'm out. I'm done. Definitely wouldn't survive that. That could be my greatest fear ever is drowning and being stuck and not being able to get out. And you talk about, um, of course, facing your fears and learning your vulnerabilities. I mean, I learned so much in this book. Um, it's really so important for people to to know, to know that about themselves. But you know what, that scene with the helicopter where they strapped us in and they simulated us drowning, they blindfolded us, they did this whole thing for us to see how we're going to deal with, do we panic or do we, are we able to not panic in that moment and think, okay, what do I have to do? Mm -hmm. You graduate to that to, to some degree. Becoming, managing panic is not, there's not one thing, there's no big checklist that, that I can give you, do these three things and you're good. You'll, you'll always be okay. It doesn't exist. It's habit. And it's, it's called the hermetic effect. So for example, Maria, like you say, you, you don't know if you'd be able to do it. I didn't know I'd be able to do it. But when I first went into training, if day one, they had me do that, I probably might've failed that scenario. But what they do is they introduce 
small increments of stress. They expose you to stress, they see how you handle. You handle it, then more stress, you adapt to that. And then more stress, you adapt to that. And eventually you get to points like that scenario where they put you in high stress situations, but you don't just go from here, from, from no stress to that. You get you build up to that gradually. Got it. And that's why, you know, look, I'm all for about stress-free Zen life. I love that, but to a point, stress in our lives is good because when you are faced with stress and you are exposed to it and you welcome it in a positive way, that show that teaches you how to cope. You yeah. develop coping mechanisms so that you can deal with adversity. Because when big things like if you have no stress in your life and then something big like this happens, how are you gonna cope? You, you, you haven't graduated to that level. Mm-hmm. It also, small amounts of stress allow you to see who you're going to be when something like that happens. So even that, in that scenario, there were a few people who panicked. Although you know it's a controlled environment, there were some people who panicked and just swam up because there was a certain way you had to exit the helicopter. They wanted to make sure that you could unstrap yourself, think logically, and they gave us, they're like, this is the way you're going to come out. And then they blindfold you. And you have to, can I think when I'm panicking? And acknowledging like, this is happening to me. I shouldn't be afraid of it. My body is just arming me. When panic comes in, the, the heartbeat, the blood, all that stuff, it's your body helping you. Saying, hey, I'm here. I got you. We're going we're gonna to give you all this adrenaline, this rush, so that you can get out of this bad situation. Hmm. Never we're thought about it like yourself. that. But that's what it is. And so look at that as a positive. It's your body helping you. Learn how to use it rather than fear. Be like, oh, why is my heart racing? Your heart's racing because there's more blood pumping in your body so that you can deal with this. Right, so that you have more, if you're being attacked, there's more blood in your body, so you have enough power to punch somebody or stab them in the eyes or whatever it is you're going to do. That is your body helping you. And we've been taught to look at it in a negative way. And I want people to look at it as a positive way. I think that's great. Um, You also talk about um, one of the other things in here was your, one of the things is facing the things that you kind of hate Um, something that stood out to me was, you know, how much you hate the cold and yet most of your job was being out in the cold. Um, I share that with you and post new year's Eve, when we got married in negative five or six degrees in a little dress, I now can never be cold again. Nothing will be cold to me again. I don't know why me that was the moment because during Obama's inauguration, I was outside all day. And then I had to be outside in a gown and it was, I mean, probably like 30 below. I don't know. You'll, you'll remember you were there. Um, it was so freaking cold. I could not warm up in my hotel room that whole night that I went to bed. Like I was at the airport the next day flying home and I was still shaking in, in such cold. But so that didn't, that didn't get me to get over it. New Year's Eve got me over it. Um, I still despise it, but I can survive it now. Now I can look, I have a measure of something where I'm like, nope, I did it. And I did it with a smile. I got married. <laughs> I, I mean, because it was a positive event. That's probably, it was like a positive thing connected to something that I hated. But um, I, I did wonder, you know, your your job, you're out there, you were talking about having to like cut through layers of, you know, stockings and stuff when you were on your break to try to warm up your feet how do you protect a president when you're not allowed to wear a North Face jacket or anything? You have to just wear your little black suit and 
you know, whatever layers you can squeeze under there, as you said in the book, but how do you protect a president when you are frostbitten? You know, in most situations, and I don't want to say most, in some situations, they do allow you to wear that gear, the right protective gear. And then in some situations, visually, like what you look like matters. Like you want to look sharp. You have to wear your suit. I mean, you're standing next to the president of the United States. If he's in a suit, you can't just be in your North Face down jacket. It's there is that that image that goes, which you know, because mm-hmm. on New Year's Eve, you had to get dressed in, in a gown. Yep. Now watch that New Year's Eve show. And all I could think, I wasn't thinking, oh my God, she's getting married. I was thinking, <laughs> oh my God, she is freezing. <laughs> yep, you and everybody else. Yep, that was oh, Howard was Stern's insane. first question to me when I saw him after. He's like, okay, how cold was it? <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, oh my God, this poor woman, the cold. But you didn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. You knew I have to do this and you did it. And that in and of itself helped you overcome it. So when you overcome something, you become more confident. Mm-hmm. You're like, I just did that. Yeah. I just did that. I just overcame it. Now you can still have a fear. I still don't like the cold. I still fear it. And I force myself to do things just to keep it at bay. I'll go surfing in the winter. I do cold showers at night, ice cold showers at night, Ugh. depending on how I feel. It's 30 seconds to 50 minutes. I mean, excuse me, to five minutes. Um, so I expose myself because I want to always keep it at bay. Because I don't want something to get to the point where it overtakes me because fear grows. Fear grows. I had, um, growing up, I had an uncle and he was just, he was initially just afraid of flying. I remember as a kid. And then eventually that fear of flying, because he didn't face it, it grew to then he was afraid of being in confined spaces. Then he was afraid of being in an elevators. Then he was afraid to go into a stairwell to go to the second floor. I remember my uncle, his dad, my grandfather was dying, was dying, and they were going to go to Greece to go see him. And he was too afraid to go from the first floor to the second floor to the post office so he can he can do the paperwork to get his passport. Oh, God. He was too afraid. He couldn't go up the stairwell. That's how powerful his fear became. Fear spills over into yeah. other areas of our lives. It doesn't, it doesn't stay in its lane. It bleeds over. And so when you overcome it, when you live with courage and you, you make decisions that make you more powerful... It spills in contrast and reverse into other areas of our, of our lives. It doesn't stay in one lane. It spreads. Very true. I never heard about it like that, though. Um, you talk about there being a difference between being fearless and living fearlessly. Can you yeah. explain that? So when we were doing the book, um, there was a, a huge push for me to call the book fearless. And I was like, I, I can't do it. They're like, no, fearless is great. You'll sell more copies, you know, because that's what everyone's thinking about. And I was like, I, I, I can't call the book that because it's not true. Because I'm going to create this myth for something for people to attain that they can't attain. I'm going to tell people, I want you to be fearless. And then when they are afraid, they're going to think like something is wrong with me. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with me because it doesn't exist. I was around very brave people. I mean, we did search warrants, arrest warrants. My God, our, our job was to take a bullet for someone. The bullet's coming. It's just like, got it. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, were you afraid? Of course you are. Of course you are. But you still move forward and you do it. Fear is normal and natural. Fear is what's keeping you home right now. Fear is what's making you put your mask on before you leave the house and your gloves. That's fear. That is good and so that's why I called it becoming bulletproof because we're constantly becoming something. Fearless is not, there is no such thing. It doesn't exist. 
And I don't want to call the book something that wasn't true, that wasn't real. And I don't want to mislead people to think that they should be something that they can never become. Mm -hmm. So how do you live fearlessly? It's like telling people you should always be happy. It doesn't exist. So how do you live fearlessly? Well, you read the whole book. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's finding your vulnerabilities, your weaknesses and addressing them. And that comes from self-assessment. I think for the most part in life, we look outside of ourselves. This person's going to do this to me. That's going to happen to me. This person's going to deceive me. This person's going to hurt me. And when you do that, when you blame everybody else around you, you have no power because now all the control is in that person. So if this, I don't want this person to hurt me. So I'm going to do everything I can so that they don't hurt me or that they like me. I want to do everything I can. So you can't control these outside elements, but you can control yourself. And so the book is really about how do you create yourself? How do you get yourself to the point where one, you are as proactive, proactive as possible to leave negative things outside, whether physically or emotionally. And then when they do penetrate you, because some things will, how do you deal with them? Because even my bulletproof vest, there were certain um, certain rounds that would come from a gun that if it were to hit me, it would penetrate my vest. It didn't stop everything. And so understanding yourself, understanding what can impact you from the outside and mitigating those risks, right? Locking your doors, protecting yourself, situational awareness, and then stopping at that point, being like, this is, I did this part. Now I'm not focusing on the outside, but within me. Am I physically capable of taking care of my loved ones if something happens at home? Oh, do I know CPR? No, I don't. Let me take a CPR class online. Those are the ways in which we can create layers upon layers. Like the vest is, is by design, it's not a piece of metal. Some people think it's like just a thick piece of metal and you wear it and it stops everything. It's not, it's actually fabric, thin layers of fabric, layer upon layer upon layer upon layer. And when all those layers are put together, they make this resilient vest that keeps things out. And so the way I designed the book was layer upon layer. It's all the little things, Maria, that we do in life that protect us. It's not one big thing. It's all the little things that we do, thinking thoughtfully. And so if you're worried about somebody, let's make it simple, cheating on you. Why are you worried about them cheating on you? Is it, they have they done something or is it something in their behavior? If that, then you might want to reassess the relationship because you can't, there's certain things you can't prevent. You can't constantly live in this state of fear. And so assessing who you keep around you who has access to you. I know you're very, very aware of that. And that's one of the things I admire the most about you. You are very aware about who you keep around you because all those people influence you either positively or negatively. Mm-hmm. You're very thoughtful about the company you keep. And so as people, if we don't want to be lied to and deceived and betrayed, it's going to happen here and there. But if it's happening constantly to you, now it's not them. Mm-hmm. Now it's you. This is when you have to stop and say, what am I doing? to allow all this stuff to happen to me. That's power. Mm -hmm. But when you're blaming, oh, it's my boyfriend. Oh, it's my friend. Oh, it's this. You have no power. You have no control over what they do. But you have control to say, I'm no longer going to be married or date this person. I'm no longer going to hang out with this person. Or I'm going to minimize my contact with this person. Maybe it's a coworker or a boss. Mm -hmm. How can I minimize contact? 
Maybe I don't talk to, if it's a boss, for example, maybe I don't go into that my boss's office anymore. I just communicate via email, which right now would be a great thing. <laughs> we minimize contact. How do we keep those things out when we can? But that's all on you. That's power. Mm-hmm. But we're so focused on he did this. She did this. This has happened to me. Poor me. That's the mindset that makes us weak and makes us panic because we have no control. And the mm-hmm. book is about giving yourself control back because yeah. then you don't panic. Then you can think logically and face all the obstacles life throws your, your way. And they're going to, some you can stop. The majority you can keep out. That's on you, right? The majority of things you can keep out. Some of the things are going to get through. And at the same time, I talk about that in the book. When they do get through, how do you handle them? Right? What do you do? Do you panic or do you, you know, I create, you know, methods in the book. So that way, when something does happen, how do you cope with that? Mm-hmm. How do you react or respond? And yeah. Um, and also, like, I loved when you talked about even watching presidents and first ladies, you know, in, in different moments when they're asked horrendously offensive questions or stupid questions, they just don't respond. They just sidestep it and and figure out another answer. And, and I, I always was surprised by, you know, celebrities and interviews, um, not with me, but with other people when they didn't know that they didn't have to answer the question that they needed a, a babysitter to sit there and like yell at somebody when you could just say, you know what? I don't feel comfortable <laughs> answering that. You do that. I'm curious. Cause you get interviewed so much as a celebrity. What do you do when you get asked questions? Do you, how do you manage them? Yeah, I, I, I figure it out. I either give them something that they weren't expecting, throw it back on them and be like, really, you're asking me this right now. <laughs> I can't believe you. Or, I just say I'm not comfortable answering that, but I've, I've done the work to prepare myself for moments, like you've said, so that I'm not caught off guard and, um, and I know how to handle myself and I'm not worried. Right. I never needed a publicist necessarily to be there to watch guard. It was more to kind of figure out, okay, what other opportunities could we have within this? But I didn't need anybody. I could handle myself in any interview. I was never worried about that. Um, necessarily, but you have to be prepared. It's like, even just socially, I always say, if people, if you feel like you can't say no to people, you know, come have a couple of standard lines. Oh my gosh, you know, Evie, I would love to come to your baby shower. Let me check my calendar and get back to you. Oh, that sounds like so much fun. You know what? Let me, let me see and get back to you. Let me talk to Kevin and get back to you. Like, you, you have to have some stock answers if you feel like you're not strong enough to just say no in the moment. Um, you know what you're doing? You're, you're, you're doing that. What you're doing is you're not making it about them. You're making it about you. You're bringing the power back to you. Mm-hmm. So even though they're, they're asking you the question, you're not letting them impact you. You're, taking, you're using your 50% because they're 50% and you're the 50%. Mm-hmm. And you're owning the circumstance. You're thinking, I don't have to answer this. I'm going to do my thing. Yeah. You're controlling you. So they're asking you what they want. They're trying to get you to do something or say something you don't want to do. And so rather than trying to change their behavior, you're adapting your behavior and you're taking control. And that's what that's power. Mm-hmm. And so you decide how you're going to answer. You don't have to answer the question. I have the saying, just because somebody throws the ball, you don't have to catch it. Yeah. So I stuff the question, but I would watch politicians politicians get asked things and they would answer it the way they wanted to answer. Yeah. They would sidestep it, throw a little breadcrumb here and then take the conversation somewhere else. Totally. And that's not just in questions, but in action. It's like, Hey, can you do this? Or 
you know, people asking you for favors or different things. Think about ways where you could tell people, thank you so much. I'll look into that. I'll get back to you. What a great idea. Thank you. I'll follow up. You know, let me look into that. There are things that you can say to people to manage those things. And there's nothing wrong. Yeah. So we all know it's wrong to lie, but this is where in life it's okay to lie a little bit because you have to protect yourself, preserve yourself. Mm -hmm. You can't constantly be bombarded by the exterior. Like it's on you to, to kind of decide what do I let in? What do I keep out? It's okay to say no. It's okay to lie politely just so that you can manage people's expectations. Mm. Uh, Evie, before we let you go, I have to ask you two last questions. One, um, because I want to give this takeaway to the audience, bulletproof your go bag. I really Uh liked this because I feel like, um, everybody needs to have a go bag ready and, and you just never know what's going to happen. I mean, we've had a lot of fires in California. I have a suitcase packed. I know my husband makes fun of me, but I am not going to get caught with my pants down and I have a list of medications if so, you know, needed to be able to not have to panic in that moment, trying to remember I could, you know, just grab and go because of the list. So talk about your bulletproof go bag. So the the go bag is something everybody should have in their home because you don't know when you're going to have to leave. You don't know if something's going to happen. And when it happens, that is not the moment you're going to panic, right? You're going to be worried because nothing like that's happened to you before. And you're going to be trying to figure out what do I do? You have it ready and it's packed. You put in there some staples like canned food, dry food, water, water bottles uh, that you can fill in, like, you know, food that you would need, something to take care of you for a couple of days. Have some cash. Cash is king. You never know if there's some type of, you know, power outage or anything happens. You want to have cash. Put in at minimum one credit card with a zero balance so you can use it for anything. That's your your go-to credit card extra clothes. If it's cold and you're me or Maria and you want to have like extra <laughs> clothing or the hot hands seems to keep you warm. You want to think about the things that you would need during an emergency situation, a flashlight, a really, really good flashlight, batteries for that flashlight, a power charger for your phone, right? Right now we're so digitally connected. Everything's online. So you can have all those different things. And then with medications, because I know you have your mom, you don't want to sit in that moment, Maria, and think about Oh my God, what should I take with me? So if you don't have extra medication that you could put in the bag, make a list of those things that you need. That way, when the emergency happens, you grab your list. You don't have to think. You want to minimize the amount of thinking you need to do during an emergency. Because you can't think you're in this this reactive state. It's going to be really, really hard to process, Mm -hmm. especially if you've never been in those types of states before. So you want to minimize how much you have to think when the emergency happens. Remember when I talked about protection and what we did to keep people safe? Everything we did was beforehand. The the snipers, the law enforcement, where put my police officers, uh, the tactical teams, the decontamination plans. I mean, we created decon plans for situations like this, chemical biological attack. I didn't sit to wait for it to happen to try to figure out when to do it. All the stuff we planned beforehand. Mm -hmm. That way, when it did happen, I didn't have to think. I just could move, do. And I think Kevin has this phrase he uses all the time. Don't think, do. And so you want to create an environment when crisis does happen or emergencies happen. Don't think, do. You're not going to be able to think. Yeah. It's going to be really, really hard. Yeah. You also said to make sure you have your passport or a copy of your passport in there. And I thought that was really important too. Copies of your, your documents, your passport, if you can, or you can put it on that list. Have that documentation with you 
Again, you just don't know where you're going to have to go, what you mm -hmm. might need ID for. Have that with you. So yeah. All super important things. I love and have it. a good bag. Like, pick, grab a bag. Don't pick something that looks pretty. Actually, have a really good bag that you can wear on your shoulder, something that you can carry easily because you might be on foot. Yep. You might not be able to get into your car. Yeah. So set this set this bag up so that it's it's comfortable and that you can just grab it and go. And that's really the, the idea behind it. I love it. I loved that so much. Um, Evie, I, I love what come over. I'm going to do a thorough check of your go bag. Oh, my go bag has like photo albums. It has my Tom Brady signed football. Um, cause it wouldn't fit in my lockbox at the security at the bank. Um, it, it has my hard drives. It has like all the important stuff that if there was like a fire or something like that, and we were going to lose everything. I mean, I have nothing valuable in this house other than our lives and our dogs, um, but you know, hard drives and computer stuff is important to me because that's my life's work in there. So I have, you know, that stuff in there. And, and so anyway, um, it's kind of funny. It just sits there. And when we had the fires, I had them all packed up in the cars and Kevin would make fun of me laughing at me. And I'm like, Kevin, this is serious. Like it can change in a minute and you can't be joking all the time. He laughs at me all the time, Abby. It's horrible. <laughs> emergencies happen quickly today i was out at one of the precincts today we were you know i've been working with duncan thanks to you and we've been going to the different precincts uh giving donuts and coffee and uh just showing support and one of the precincts i went to uh one of the detectives there was sharing a story when um the hurricane came i believe it was hurricane sandy, sandy. came here in New York. he told me that within a matter of minutes the water rose in the precinct because it's by the beach and it was, it was all the way up to here. He's like, he, he's like, it happened so quickly. Yeah. We almost drowned. Oof. They evacuated the precinct. They were carrying people. And the he, chills. He's like, and he was an officer. He's a detective. He's somebody who had experience. And he's like, it happened so quickly. He's like, it was terrifying. Yeah. And that's how quick with the fires too. It's momentary. Mm -hmm. It's just like, it can happen in seconds or in minutes. So that's why the go bag is so important. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah, you have to, please. The book is called Becoming Bulletproof. Um, Evie Pomporis, you can get it wherever books are sold already, or is it just on Amazon right now? It's everywhere. It's, it's everywhere. everywhere. So you can get it. Obviously, stores are closed right now, but you can get it online. I did the audiobook version of it, which I love audiobooks. So hopefully I didn't suck and I did a good job for everybody. <laughs> I'm sure you were great. Um, yeah, and you can find it online. I, I love it. I love the book. I love you. Um, Evie, last question. What are you doing every day now to get better in any area of your life? I do. I have a night routine that I do, Maria. You know how a lot of people have morning routines? Mm -hmm. I have a night routine. So every night I do a workout, whether it's in the back of the garage or even if it's like even the days where I'm like, I don't want to do anything, I'll, I'll bang up 500 jumping jacks. So I'll do something just to change the physical element of my body. Because when you move your body, when you change it from the static position, it changes your mind. And so I have that routine. I do my workout. I do my cold shower because it just, when I'm done with it, even if it's 30 seconds or a minute, I'm like, man, I just did that. It's, it's just such a, a confidence booster. It's also good for your circulatory system as well. Mm -hmm. Again, it, it changes the physiology of the body, which in turn changes the mind, affects the mind. And then I do my nighttime meditation and I do that. That is my routine. I take care of me and for everybody. It's going to be different. It could be, and this is, there's opportunity in crisis. 
Like you could use this opportunity to do things that you never had time to do before, to take care of yourself, take care of your skin, take care of your body, take care of your health. And so I've created that routine. It gives me a sense of control, right? Because I can't control what's happening on the outside, but I can control my environment, my routine, and it, and it helps me adapt. And so that's something that's worked for me. And it also preps me so that I can go to bed, so I can go to sleep. Mm -hmm. I feel like sleep for me is like the number one thing and how my mind is before bed, like that's going to dictate how I'm, how much rest I'm going to get. If I'm watching the news at night and I'm all stressed out, how am I going to go to bed? I'm going to go to bed stressed out. I'm not going to sleep. I'm going to be constantly afraid. So I use this opportunity to prep my mind and body uh, before I go to bed and, it, and I wake up better the next day. I'm better skin, better glow. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, Evie, thank you so much. Um, we will talk, um, say hi to Des and, uh, love you. Happy, happy love early Easter. Yes. Happy early Easter. Send love to everybody. I say will. what's up to Kevin. Love you guys. Thank you. Be safe. Be well. Of course. Thank you, Jeff. All right, guys. Becoming bulletproof. I want to be bulletproof. I'm going to really work on, um, the exercises in a sense of like finding my vulnerabilities and, 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 and heightening all of my things. Kind of cool. Just trying to face any fears. Yeah. Like I think, you know, you need to know who you are in those moments. And I do mm -hmm. because I've been challenged many times. And so I know, um, for the most part, but there's some things like some vulnerabilities that I think I have to work on too. Um, I think I, I need to love... pick up on my reaction speed to those moments. Cause like yeah. I can, once it's like, once it's like, okay, this is happening. It's like, all right, go time done. Just whatever it needs to happen. But it's like in those vague moments where you're like, is this really happening? And I need to speed up that time and be like, yes, this is really happening. Let's, yeah, let's yeah. go. <laughs> I just love what she has to say about like having that knowledge and preparedness is power like that's so true i mean i think like i know laura has some earthquake kits for us but i know in my own life i need to be setting up these systems and even just having the thoughtfulness and the mindfulness to be ready mm -hmm. then you know you have that power and that that sense of self-control and power will extend to other parts of your life it's confidence yeah yeah absolutely exactly. um, what an incredible person i'm like she needs mm -hmm. to be running some kind of country or state or like there's just so you were talking we have a pre-tape next week with dr chang who's wonderful and she has an energy that just makes you feel so mm -hmm. like you're in good hands oh yeah so that way with evie too yeah when we first met i was interviewing her for e and we just like clicked instantly i was like this is a good person mm -hmm. and um her husband's amazing as well and so i was like oh and so we have you know we think of them as family so we have two two new people, you know, I mean, this was years ago. Um, but I was like, Oh, I love collecting good people. And they just were. And, um, and yeah, and she's very special. I mean, very, very special. So, um, I'm glad that we got to chat with her. And I really think that this is a great time when we talk about making good use of your time, it's a really great time to read a book like this and figure out how to protect yourself and your family and how to kind of, um, be ready for anything without having to live in, you know, a constant fear, or, you know, be in fight or flight all the time. But, you know, knowledge is power. And someone like her has so much knowledge to share. You should take, 
take the opportunity to learn it. So in the meantime, thank you guys for joining us here. Um, it's the weekend, everybody. Ooh. Let's go party. We're going to bars. We're going to drink. We're not going to do any of that because it's not possible yet. But we can, we can Zoom party with our friends if we'd like. We can... Um, we can have a go-bag-making party. We can have a go-bag-making party. We can virtually pretend we are enjoying ourselves at, like, a beach bar or something. But um, better days are ahead. They just might be, like, really in the, you know, future for a little while. But... Um, we're here for you guys every day and we love you and we thank you for being a part of our, our team and our community. Um, if you would share this show with anybody you think would love it, we would love that comment on iTunes or YouTube, wherever Spotify, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, let us know what you think. Um, in the meantime, if you would like, you can follow us at Marie Menounos at Evie Pomporas, P-O-U-M-P-O-U-R-A-S. We're going to put that on um, the summary link um, so you can see that. At Stephen Lemifoto, at Jeff Crane Graham. And remember, be nice people, make good choices, and be present. <laughs>